بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم This is Unlocking Hearts and this is the 29th episode I'm your host Malana Irshad Siddiq and I'm just at a loss for words that we have reached the 29th Jews Subhanallah and that means that Ramadan is slowly slipping out of our grasp and we beg of Allah that through our efforts here, our little efforts that He has given us the tawfiq for, that He make us of those who constantly reflect on the meanings of the Qur'an. Make us of those who understand the Qur'an, Ya Allah, and make us of those who implement the Qur'an in their lives and live the Qur'an. Ameen. The 29th Juz contains 11 suwar, most of which are makkan and focused on the afterlife. The other aspects of theology are also found herein. The majority of the early revelation is in this Jews, including Qalam, Muzammil, and Mudathir. The core theme running through all these suwar is the afterlife, or eschatology, as we've mentioned, and the reality of the Day of Judgment is included therein. The Jews begins with Surah Mulk, which is a surah the Prophet ﷺ recommended that we sleep, uh, that we recite before we go to sleep, because it reminds us about the reality of life. And the Jews begins with that, telling us to look at the sky, for example, look at nature, to see how flawless the sky is, and calling on us to ponder over what is beyond that. This is a Jews that is meant to wake us up to the reality of life. We are supposed to recite Surah Mulk before sleeping to remind us about the reality of life. It reminds us about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the beauty of the universe, the difference between those connected to Allah and those who ignore the signs of Allah all around them. The entire surah is a reminder of the signs of Allah that we take for granted. Say, says Allah, have you considered if your water drains away, who will bring you pure running water? Ya salam. The surah begins with the bigger signs, the universe, and ends with the daily signs we take for granted, like running water. Just as our drinking water is connected to the oceans and the oceans to the rain, the rain comes from Allah. Not too long ago, in the wonderful city of Cape Town, we experienced a severe drought, and we were approaching what we called day zero, or so they told us. And... We were all really scared because no matter how much money the millionaires and the billionaires had, no one could pay the sky to start raining. Subhanallah. And here in the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws our attention to the importance of understanding that the mulk, that the dominion of all creation is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So inevitably, suratul mulk is a reminder of Allah's blessings our ending and how we will be held responsible and accountable for what we did with those blessings. Suratul Qalam tells us about the insults people made toward Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and compares them to how Yunus wasalam, was treated by his people. This was an early surah when the insults were new and the Prophet wasalam, took it hard. He was not accustomed to being treated like this and it was an entirely new situation for him. He is told not to be like Yunus who left his people 
but to be patient with them and Allah will assist him. An example is given of the Quraysh to the people of the garden. Uh, the people of the garden who were greedy and refused to help the poor and lost everything. The people of the garden are given as an example to the Quraysh of their ending if they're following their footsteps. While Yunus is given as an example to Rasulullah as what not to do. While reminding us that Yunus was elevated and forgiven. Surah Al-Haqah discusses the faith of the perished nations and compares them to the Quraysh. Surah Qalam demonstrates the greed of the Quraysh, while Al-Haqah focuses on the bigger picture of the destruction of nations. Surah Qalam mentions the insults against the prophets. Then Surah Haqah refutes these claims. Surah Ma'arij discusses the qualities of the true believers and how their character sets them apart from their opponents. This is followed, of course, by Surah Nuh, giving a clear example of people who abandoned their Prophet and how Allah destroyed them as a result. The next surah is Surah Jinn, showing that not only humans, but even jinn can replace us as true believers and worshippers of Allah. Interestingly, the fascination about jinn by many people often deal with jinn in a very negative aspect. Yet Surah Jinn speaks about this group from among the jinn who appear to be extremely sincere and definitely so for this is the testimony of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about them. A sincere group of believing jinn. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us sincere humans and sincere followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. The next two surahs are Surah Al-Muzzammil and Surah Muddathir. Surah Muzzammil begins by calling to Tahajjud. Surah Muddathir begins by calling to Da'wah, calling people to Allah. The two sides of the believers, uh, the private side, private worship, and then the public side, public calling to the truth. The worship in private, the sincere relationship and vulneration and devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives strength and blessing to the activity of calling people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Both are required in order for a successful mission of proselytization of the deen of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. We can't only be doing ibadah and not be doing da'wah, nor can we only be doing da'wah without powering our da'wah with our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us the understanding. Ameen, ya Rabbal Alameen. The last three surahs of this juz give us a description of three main parts of the afterlife. Surah Al-Qiyamah describes the last day. Surah Al-Dahr describes paradise in great detail. And Surah Al-Mursalat describes the hellfire in detail. The three together give us a strong glimpse of the afterlife. Interestingly, it is this relationship of this life to the afterlife that repeats itself not only in every surah of the Qur'an, but in fact in every theme of the Qur'an. For inevitably the Qur'an is there to guide us as to how to live our lives in this life so as to attain success both in it as well as the afterlife. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding and make us successful in this life and the afterlife. Ameen, Ya Rabbal Alameen. It is Surah Mulk that one really needs to pay special attention to. For this Surah, 
which we supposed to recite every night according to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we also recite it in our gatherings of dhikr, which we customarily or traditionally recite. And it holds a very special place in our lives as believers because it prepares us for the grave. Now, the one very important aspect I want to touch on here is that Yasura Mulk will protect us from the punishment of the grave, Adabul Qabr. But there's two ways of really understanding this and looking at this. On the one hand, it could be like a magic spell, for lack of a better example. We recite these magical, blessing-filled words, and then there's the shield that just develops over us, and when we get placed in our cupboard, nothing can harm us, we're safe. So that's possibly true. But then we can also look at it from a completely physical and intellectual perspective as well, and both meanings could hold true. For example, the messages contained in Suratul Mulk are perhaps supposed to remind us about certain things that should we adopt them, live by them in our lives, implement them in our lives, we will be successful in the grave as a result of that. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in Surah Mulk that we need to look into the creation of the heavens and the earth and see and look and see and ponder and reflect. And Allah commands us repeatedly to look again and again and again to come to the realization that no, this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a perfect system. And therefore this perfect system has a perfect designer. And that perfect designer is Allah. And then to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then to live one's life in submission simply means to avoid that which is haram and to do that which is compulsory. And really that which is compulsory is making salah five times a day among a few other things. Avoiding the haram is the tough bit. After that, it's about just doing as much of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as possible so as to get closeness and proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the path that will grant us success in the afterlife, whether it be, whether it be on the day of judgment or in our qabr. Because by living a life like that, a life that we would naturally live if we read and implement Surah Mulk every single day of our lives, that is how essentially we can save ourselves from the punishment of the grave over and above the obvious possible magic and blessings that take place there. And of course we know when I say magic, I mean the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the barakah. Uh, that's the only power that exists. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding and grant us the sunnah of reciting Surah Mulk every night before we go to bed. Uh, at least may, may that habit take place at some portion of the night, and may we may we grant the reward of that and the success of that. Amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Now we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dua. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa maulana Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in. Allahumma laka alhamdu kama yanbaghi li jalali wajihika wa li azimi sultanik. فلك الحمد لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك فلك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا ولك الحمد إذا رضيت أنا دائما أبدا 
اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وفي الآخرين وفي كل وقت وحين يا ربي يا الله أو الله we turn to you we turn to you and we beg of you for our ummah our ummah ya Allah we need you we are desperate for you we are lost without you ya Allah around the world there are Muslims suffering suffering in sickness suffering in poverty and suffering in war Ya Allah, there are so many Muslims, so many innocent souls around the world oppressed, living under the breadline, really suffering in the worst of conditions, Ya Rab. Ya Allah, we are one Ummah and we can but have this pain in our hearts for one another. But without you, Ya Allah, we are really lost. We are desperately turning to you and begging you, Ya Rab, to be with this Ummah, to be with the brothers and sisters of this Ummah. To be with our Ummah in Palestine, to be with our brothers and sisters in, in Palestine, in Aqsa, defending Masjid al-Aqsa, to liberate Palestine and Masjid al-Aqsa, Ya Rabbul Alameen. To be with our brothers and sisters in Yemen, our brothers and sisters in Syria, our brothers and sisters in every African country, our brothers and sisters in every place in the world where they are going through tremendous difficulty, trials and tribulations. Ya Rabb, we beg of you. To be with the children of this Ummah, the orphans of this Ummah. Ya Allah, the poor and the needy among the children of this Ummah. Ya Rabb, Ya Allah, the innocent children of this Ummah, whose lives have been interfered with by the crazy ones in this Ummah. Ya Allah, the crazy tyrants in this world. Ya Allah, these children are suffering unnecessarily. Ya Allah, sometimes they have no one. Ya Allah, they have you. Ya Allah, and we have you. And Ya Allah, we beg of you to be with him, Ya Rabb. Ya Allah, these children, they deserve all the happiness, Ya Allah. They deserve all the contentment, Ya Allah. They deserve a childhood, Ya Rabb. Ya Allah, we turn to you and we beg of you, Ya Allah. Be with this Ummah. Ya Allah, reform this Ummah. Ya Allah, grant the dignity and the honor back to this Ummah. Ya Allah, we beg of you and we turn to you in thanks. We beg of you as servants and we ask of you to accept our dua. In this Ummah, Ya Allah, we have great ventures taking place. Progress of teaching of deen, of memorization of Qur'an, of the spread of da'wah and Islam. Ya Allah, we have children learning in more Islamically orientated schools and classes. Ya Allah, there are all sorts of educational programs happening around the world. There's so much khair happening, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we beg of you to accept all of the institutions and organizations and ulama and teachers of deen. Ya Allah, we beg of you to bless them, grant them acceptance in their endeavors, bless their endeavors, grant sincerity in their endeavors, allow the khair, the goodness to spread throughout the world, Ya Allah. Allow all the Muslims to benefit from their knowledge and their expertise, Ya Rabb. Ya Allah, bring order into the way we follow our deen, both locally and internationally, Ya Allah. يا رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته